In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, Creator blessed, and in our souls take up thy rest. Come with thy grace and heavenly aid to fill the hearts which thou hast made. The following is a reading of the Catholic Controversy by St. Francis de Sales. Part 1, Mission, Chapter 8. Answer to the objections of those who would have the Church to consist of the predestinate alone. Where will they find the scripture passage, which can furnish them any excuse for so many absurdities and against proofs so clear as those we have given? Yet counter-reasons are not wanting in this matter. Never does obstinacy leave its followers without them. Will they then bring forward what is written in the Canticles, chapter 4, concerning the spouse, how she is a garden enclosed, a fountain or spring sealed up, a well of living waters, how she is all fair and there is not a spot in her, or as the apostle says, how she is glorious, not having spot or wrinkle, holy, without blemish, Ephesians 5.27. I earnestly beg them to consider the conclusion they wish to draw, namely that there can be in the church none but saints, immaculate, faultless, glorious. I will with the same passages show them that in the church there are neither elect nor reprobate, for is it not the humble but truthful saying, as the great council of Trent declares, of all the just and elect, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us? I suppose St. James was elect, and yet he confesses in chapter 3, verse 2, and many things we all offend. St. John closes our mouth and the mouth of all the elect, so that no one may boast of being without sin. On the contrary, he will have each one know and confess that he sins. 1 John 1 I believe that David in his rapture and ecstasy knew what the elect are, and yet he considered every man to be a liar. Psalm 115.11 If then they, these holy qualities given to the spouse, the church, are to be taken precisely, and if there is to be no spot or wrinkle anywhere in it, we must go out of this world to find the verification of these fair titles. The elect of this world will not be able to claim them. Let us then make the truth clear. Number 1. The church as a whole is entirely fair, holy, glorious, both as to morals and as to doctrine. Morals depend on the will, doctrine on the understanding. Into the understanding of the church there never entered falseness nor wickedness into her will. By the grace of her spouse, she can say with him, Which of you, O sworn enemies, shall convince me of sin? John eight forty six. And yet, it does not follow that, the tr- that in the church there are no sinners. Remember what I have said to you elsewhere. The spouse has hair and nails, which are not living, though she is living. The senate is sovereign, but not each senator. The army is victorious, but not each soldier. It wins the battle while many of its soldiers are killed. In this way is the militant church always glorious, ever victorious over the gates and powers of hell, although many of her members, either straying and thrown into disorder like yourselves, are cut to pieces and destroyed, or by other mishaps are wounded and die within her. 
Take then, one after another, the grand praises of the church, which are scattered throughout the scriptures, and make her a crown out of them, for they are richly due to her, just as maledictions are due to those who, being in so excellent a way, are lost. She is an army set in array, Canticles 6-9, though some fall out of her ranks. Number 2. But who knows not how often that is attributed to a whole body which belongs only to one of the parts. The spouse calls her beloved white and ruddy, but immediately she says his locks are black. Chapter 5, 10, and 11. St. Matthew says in chapter 27, verse 44, that the thieves who were crucified with our Savior blasphemed him, whereas it was only one of them who did. So, as St. Luke relates in chapter 23, verse 39, we say that lilies are white, but they, there are yellow and there are green. He who speaks the language of love readily uses such expressions, and the canticles are the chaste expressions of love. All these qualities, then, are justly attributed to the Church on account of the many holy souls therein who most exactly observe the holy commandments of God and are perfect, with the perfection that many ha- be had in this pilgrimage, not with that which we hope for in our blessed fatherland. Number three, moreover, Though there were no other reason for thus describing the church than the hope she has of ascending, all pure, all beautiful to heaven above, the fact that this is the sole term toward which she aspires and runs would suffice to let her be called glorious and perfect, especially while she has so many fair pledges of this holy hope. He would never end who should take notice of all the trifles which they stay examining here and on which they raise a thousand false alarms among the poor common people. They bring forward that of St. John in chapter 10, I know my sheep, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. And they say that those sheep are the predestinate, who alone belong to the fold of the Lord. They bring forward what St. Paul says to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.19, The Lord knows who are his. And what St. John has said to the apostates, They went out from us, but they were not of us, 1 John 2.19. But what difficulty is there in all this? We admit that the predestinate sheep hear the voice of their pastor and have sooner or later all the qualities which are described in St. John. But he also mentions that in the church, which is the fold of our Lord, there are not only sheep, but also goats. Otherwise, why should it be said that at the end of the world, in the judgment, the sheep shall be separated, unless because until the judgment, while the church is in the world, she has within herself goats with the sheep? Certainly, if they had never been together, they would never be separated. And in the last instance, if the predestinate are called sheep, so also are the reprobate. Witness David. Why is thy wrath enkindled against the sheep of thy pasture? Psalm 73, verse 1. I have gone astray like a sheep that is lost. 118. And elsewhere, where he says, Give ear, O thou that rulest Israel, that, that leadest Joseph like a sheep. 79.1. When he says Joseph, he means those of Joseph and the Israelitish people, because to Joseph was given the primogeniture, and the eldest gives the name of the race. But who knows not that among the people of Israel every one was not predestined or elect, and yet they are all called sheep, and are all together under one shepherd. We confess then that there are sheep saved and predestinated, of whom it is spoken in St. John, There are others damned, of whom it is spoken elsewhere, and all are in the same flock. Isaiah 53.6 
compares all men, both the reprobate and the elect, to sheep. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. And in verse 7, he similarly compares our Savior. He shall be led as a sheep to the slaughter. And so, throughout the whole of chapter 34 of Ezekiel, where there is no doubt but that the whole people of Israel are called sheep, over which David has to reign, verse 23. And in the same way, who denies that our Lord knows that those are who are his? He knew certainly what would become of Judas, yet Judas was not therefore not one of his apostles. He knew what would become of those disciples who went back, John six, sixty-seven, on account of the doctrine of the real eating of his flesh, and yet he received them as disciples. It is quite a quite different thing to belong to God according to the eternal foreknowledge as regards the church triumphant, and to belong to God according to the present communion of saints for the church militant. The first are known only to God, the latter are known to God and to men. According to the eternal foreknowledge, says St. Augustine, how many wolves are within, how many sheep without. Our Lord then knows those who are his for his triumphant church, but besides these there are many others in the militant church whose end will be perdition, as the same apostle shows when he says that in a great house there are all sorts of vessels and utensils, some indeed unto honor, but some unto dishonor. 2 Timothy 2.20 So what St. John says, they have gone out from amongst us, but they were not of us, is nothing to the purpose. For I will say, as St. Augustine said, there were with us numero, but there were not with us merito, that is, as the same doctor says, they were with us and were ours by the communion of the sacraments, but according to their own individual vices, they were not so. They were already heretics in their soul and will, though they were not so after the external appearance. And this is not to say that the good are not with the bad in the church. On the contrary, indeed, how could they go out of the company of the church if they were not in it? They were doubtless in it, actually, but in were they already without. Finally, here is an argument which seems to be complete in form and figure. He is not God for the Father, who is not the church for mother. St. Cyprian in the unity of the church. That is certain. Similarly, he who is not God for father has not the church for mother, most certainly. Now the reprobate have not God for father. Therefore, they have not the church for mother, and consequently the reprobate are not in the church. But the answer is this. We accept the first foundation of this reason, but the second, that the reprobate are not children of God, requires to be well sifted. All the faithful baptized can be called sons of God, so long as they are faithful, unless one would take away from baptism the name of regeneration or spiritual nativity which our Lord has given it. If thus understood, there are many of the reprobate who are children of God, for how many persons are there faithful and baptized will be damned, men who, as the truth says, believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Luke 8.13 So that we totally deny this second proposition that the reprobate are not children of God. Galatians 3.26 For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, and yet he calls them senseless. 3.1 Removed, and so on. 1.6 For being in the church, they can be called children of God by creation, redemption, regeneration, doctrine, profession of faith. Although our Lord laments over them in this sort by Isaiah 1.2, I have brought up children, and they have despised me. 
But if one say that the reprobate have not God for their father because they will not be heirs according to the word of the apostle, if a son and heir also, Galatians 4, 7, we shall deny the consequence for not only are the children within the church, but so are the servants too with this difference that the children will abide there forever as heirs. The servants shall not, but shall be turned out when it seems good to the master. Witness the master himself in St. John 8.35, and the penitent son, who knew well and acknowledged that many hired servants in his father's house abounded in bread, while he, true and lawful son, was among the swine perishing with hunger, a proof of the Catholic faith in this point. Oh, how many princes are walking on the ground as servants, Ecclesiastes 10.7. How many unclean animals and ravens in the ark of the church? Oh, how many fair and sweet-smelling apples are on the tree, cankered within, yet attached to the tree and drawing good sap from the trunk? He who had eyes clear-seeing enough to see the issue of the career of men would see in the church reason indeed to cry, Many are called, and few are chosen. That is, many in the militant church who will never be in the triumphant. How many are within who shall be without? as St. Anthony foresaw of Arius and St. Fulbert of Berengarius. It is then a certain thing that not only the elect but also the reprobate can be and are of the church. And he who, to make it invisible, would place only the elect therein, acts like the wicked scholar who excused himself for not going to the assistance of his master on the ground that he had learned nothing about his body but only about his soul. Next time we will look at chapter 9, which is that the church cannot perish. In nomine Patris, Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.
Christum Dominum 